Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. This week we're actually going to talk about something that came up over the weekend that kind of, I think a lot of people second take and kind of broke the internet in its same in its little way, was that James Gunn revealed that Superman Legacy wasn't being fast-tracked, but in fact he was actually working on it for six months. And that kind of puts it at James Gunn started production and development on Superman Legacy a few months before Henry Cavill even filmed his cameo for Black Adam. So I did some digging. I found some information out. I want to share it all with you today. And I want to talk about what that actually means, why it's not as jarring as you may think, but what it actually implied and kind of just go from there. So let's let's get into it, everybody. And let's talk about what the hell just happened. I like playing the air drums while that song is playing. I like to do drums do, up do. here and drums down here. You kind of get this like uh, Mad Max, like I'm, I'm on the, the back of the car and I'm hitting my, my guitar and my drums and stuff. Like you were doing that. You're like, just, I'm going nuts on it. I love it. Back I up. wish I was a Mad Max guy. I could live, I could be that Mad Max guy all day. Oh my God. I remember when I saw that movie with a bunch of friends and like immediately after we're like, oh, that's how we hit dinner. And then like we all peeled out of the, in the parking lot in our respective ways. We're like, we got so jacked up for that movie. We're like, oh no, we need to obey the law. <laughs> yeah, you can't watch that movie and then go driving. It makes you yeah. crazy. It makes, it makes you, you want to be curiosa. Like, go off of jumps and cliffs and, and stuff like that. Now, when you sent me the image for our episode today with no information given, I thought it was like, man, they did Henry Cavill even dirtier. They like flirted with them, even though they knew they had a guy on the other end. You've now said that wasn't the case. So how did all of this break down? Where do we start with all of this? What is the timeline of all of this? So the timeline is actually, I think that's the most important part of things. Um, we understand that uh, Peter Safran and James Gunn were officially announced to assume control and title co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios. That announcement was made October 25th. Black Adam released October 21st. So just four days later, this announcement happened. And then in the announcement, they made some very interesting things in here where they, they talked about, and this is up from the, the Hollywood Reporter's initial announcement. They indicated that um, they're replacing Walter Hamada, who just, part, just departed the studio last week. Um, they also talked about how um, DeLuca over the summer uh, did some, some work. Dan Lin uh, was being courted. Um, and they talked about uh, Dan Lin's uh, situation and the reason why it fell apart was actually because um, Dan Lin was so deep and in bed with uh, his contract with Universal that he didn't have anyone to take over for him. So it left him in a very vulnerable spot where he he couldn't um, he couldn't do it. Um, and then they also said uh, the hiring uh, is effective November 1st. DeLuca and Abney will no longer be making creative decisions. Uh, the changes they made to the Flash, Aquaman, etc., uh, they they took over temporarily in July. So we understand that July was the benchmark when things started. Let's find somebody to take over. Um, that's when they they basically said, uh, "We don't like what you're doing, Hamada. We're going to give it a couple months, and then you're out, and we're going to find someone else." And then um, in that process, let's kind of get into the details a little bit. Um, I gathered that. Uh, we know that Henry Cavill was um, quietly filming his scenes in September. He made the announcement just a few shy days around the release that he was back. He went to Instagram. This video was posted. He made his little uh, speech. And then we understand um, now, just from the weekend, two posts came about where James Gunn uh, uh, basically said uh, the DC's first chapter is being fast-tracked, it seems, so the Creature Commandos is in production or not. And he said, it is in production, yes. And then he clarified again, he took his Twitter post, 
and then clarified saying, not that fast-tracked really since this and Superman Legacy were both in development before we took over from DC Studio Chiefs. So before they took over in October, these projects were already in place. He clarified again saying it was Superman Legacy was always a separate project. He said, gotcha. I think there was some confusion when he said Superman Legacy was there before you and Peter came in. He said, it was. I was hired to write Superman Legacy over six months ago, which again means that he was probably hired to write this project around July, August. Which I feel is uh, not a big deal, but it means that they were already liked James Gunn a long time ago that that was one of the individuals that they wanted to work on this story. Also, that picture of Creature Commando that they show absolutely looks like maybe a title card or something. So that being in production also tracks with me because that looks like a still from the show. So was James Gunn the only person working on on this Superman movie? Was he always going to be the guy or were there other names attached to this? There were definitely other names. That's what was actually brought up when I did some digging. Um, I had basically found that in the process of of what was was happening, right? They, they. Uh, let me just pull up all my notes here, just so I can get it from the, the get go. Um, when they made the announcement, when Discovery took over, they basically said, "We need to focus 100% on the DC Trinity. We need to move forward. We need to make these happen." And several plans were brought up. We had uh, Safran was actually pitching one plan, and he had hired. Um, he had uh, partnered with uh, James Gunn to continue the projects he was involved with. And Safran was involved with the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, and the studio had already commissioned James Gunn to make more projects off of that world. They already had Waller, Creature Commandos, and Peacemaker Season 2 were already being commissioned. And at the time, um, I understood that the Waller show was going to be focusing on Checkmate and how she was basically... Uh, going to be establishing a new team to get rid of the other team that was making an issue. So it was kind of this, um, she was making an anti-suicide squad to deal with the suicide squad. Um, whether or not that's the same plan, not sure. But we knew that. We knew that the Garcias had their own plan. And their plan with Seven Bucks Production was to pitch uh, the success of Black Adam leading into Superman. We understand that the reason Henry hadn't been very involved was because the, the Garcias and Seven Bucks Production they were his management, and they didn't want Henry to get jerked around on these little projects without having a giant formal contract. And that formal contract, they wanted essentially first look on it so that they they could basically say, oh, he's going to be involved. Yes. Oh, no, he's not going to do this. They wanted uh, to allow Henry to not be con contractually obligated to show up for cameos when they didn't agree with the cameo. They wanted um, a lot, right? And they basically pitched saying, if Black Adam is successful, we will give you Black Adam versus Superman. We'll give you Shazam, Black Adam versus Superman. We will give you um, the Justice Society. We'll give you Hawkman. We'll give you all these other projects. They basically pitched a continuation of the DCEU, but with a focus on being this new subworld that they have created, but Henry Cavill and Dwayne Johnson were going to be at the center, at the focal point, eventually leading to uh, the Justice League versus Black Adam and things like that. Are you saying that if that movie would have done gangbusters numbers, that we would be seeing a continuation of the Snyderverse? Yes, but not in the Snyderverse that we were expecting. We were going to be getting a continuation of their hashing of the Snyderverse. I just want to let everybody know that this once again feels to me like the death of another small death to this world that everybody wanted to continue, but unfortunately, the stars have not aligned yet. And, yeah. and this sounds like another example of that. So along with that, we also had uh, that that world was also going to incorporate some aspects of like a Petty Jenkins, Wonder Woman 3. You were going to get um, Aquaman was going to get his stuff uh, tied into it. And we understand that Hamada had his own plan. And this was one of the plans that was pitched and rejected. His plan was going to have uh, the Flash come out. The Flash end with the Flash creating a new universe where Michael Keaton was the Batman there, Supergirl was there, Bat Superman was missing. Um, and that was going to lead into multiple post-credit scenes where you had one scene where the Flash visits Aquaman and says, hey, I need to find Superman. And uh, Aquaman is like, I don't know who Superman is. What are you talking about? And then it like cuts to another scene where um, Barry's back at his apartment. You have this big red crackly 
business. And then you have this like like Batman v Superman moment where the Batman comes through the portal saying, you need to find us. The crisis is coming. And it was going to lead into the crisis. And that project was going to also bolster. Um, they're going to have Batgirl going to start in and kind of reestablish Michael Keaton as Batman and kind of pass the torch to Nightwing and, and Batgirl being like the main protectors of Gotham. And then you had uh, Aquaman that was going to feature a cameo at the time with Michael Keaton saying, uh, I need to get the Justice League put back together and I need you in it kind of a thing. And then they they scrapped those plans. So that's when they recut the cameo. They took that scene out. They added a Ben Affleck cameo, kind of just reestablishing that Ben is still here. The universe isn't isn't gone. And this was part of DeLuca's pitch. DeLuca and Abney were trying to continue the that universe as best they could. I mean, obviously, Justice League was still canon, but they were trying to kind of retcon it in a way. Uh, Wonder Woman 3 was being pitched. Um and they wanted to include uh, Superman. And we understand that a part of this projects that were, were commissioned, that there was a pitch for Superman, a Man of Steel 2-esque sequel where uh, Superman was fighting Brainiac. Um, and would, that pitch... Uh, would Wonder Woman have been a love interest or would she have been taken over by Brainiac? Uh, it's not It's not clear. Okay. Um we know that in, in January of this year that the pitch happened. Um, not that not so much the pitch happened, um, that uh, Brainiac was going to be the main villain. Uh, the the project moved forward, sort of. And then the, the project got to pitch phase, script phase, and it was uh, denied. They said, it doesn't work. We don't like it. So they... Uh- Patty Jenkins shot this down, or no, no, that, no. Uh, was the, it... the studio shot down the Superman solo project with uh, Brainiac? Got it. They, at the simultaneously, they also shut down Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman three, and that's where she made her her post about how she's stepping away essentially because uh, they have other plans for the characters. It doesn't line with my vision, and they're moving on in a different way. They kind of talked about they basically not so subtly she she not so subtly said they're rebooting the character, and. That was around the time where it was the, the will they, won't they reboot everybody? Because then you also had Dave Bautista say that he's too old for Bane because they're rebooting everything and and so on. So, which means that that those statements we probably should have taken, we, we should have understood that like casting has already kind of happened. Not no checks and contracts yet, but that they have some names and they're talking to people. And it's interesting that Batista said no to that. I wonder who Batista will say yes to though, which is also a very interesting question to ponder. So we understand that the, these pitches happened. You had Dan Lin had his pitch and his pitch was essentially a total reboot. Um, you had DeLuca and Abney who they pitched um, another Superman film. Uh, ben Affleck returning, and they, they got Ben to do a cameo for Aquaman. And then they they even, it's kind of revealed that they talked about how uh, Keaton would get his own project where it would be a Batman Beyond project. And then you also understood that uh, they were going to try to do a Justice League 2 with a Snyder cast and kind of then lead into whatever they go with next. Um, again, projects with Snyder's cast, but without Snyder. Um, we understand that the prelim numbers came in for Black Adam, and the project was nowhere near tracking where it needed to. The decision was made that, hey, uh, we needed these numbers as the indicator. It's not happening. It made meh numbers off of that opening weekend. That's when the final deal was struck. Safran was hired, and Safran said, I won't take the job unless I have someone creatively who I can make my co-chair, and that's how Gunn got the job. Because it even says in the article that Safran was essentially hired first, but he chose Gunn as his creative entity. He wanted one person to be the creative and one person to be the business. So that's where Gunn became the creative. And it also means that whatever his ideas were for where this was going to go is probably based on James Gunn's initial idea. That whatever he's doing with Superman resonated enough with him that he was like, you know what? Let's let's do this. Yeah, because you you have to look at it because there is a handful of Superman-related projects all being pitched at the same time. Some of them are still moving forward. We still know that the uh, the J.J. Abrams, the Black Superman Elseworld story is still being developed. We understood that they were developing Superman versus Black Adam. They were 
they were commissioning a script for Superman versus Brainiac with Cavill, and then they were also commissioning Superman reboot with Superman Legacy. And Black Adam failed. The project, and, and mind you, they they said, uh, "Go ahead, make the announcement that Cavill's back. Use Cavill as your your bargaining chip," because they basically promised, "Look, we're going to make Black Adam. It's tracking so so." But if we tell everyone that Cavill is in this, if we tell everyone that Superman is back, the Snyder fans will show up because Cavill is back. Problem was, they didn't show up. Mm-mm. Cavill was used as a pawn to bolster the numbers of the box office for Black Adam. And Black Adam still turned out to be $50 million in the negative when its final box office came out. And the consequences of all of that was that Henry Cavill felt jerked around, fired his management... Went and made his own deal with Amazon and basically said, here's what I experienced at Netflix. I don't want that. This is what Warner Brothers did to me. I don't want that. Can you meet me in the middle? And I'm not, I don't necessarily know the uh, the full extent of that contract, but I bet it has a lot of the things that he wanted. First look, refusal on scripts, all of those things are probably now lumped inside of there. Yeah. So we had... Um, Zaslav basically saying that from the beginning he was okay with the multiverse, he was okay with multiple iterations existing that's fine, he did want one cohesive plan with one main universe but he wanted that plan to be successful fact of the matter is the Snyder movies were very resonant with a group of fans but they did not resonate with critics and they did not resonate with general audiences and we've talked about this a number of different times Both of those things, critics and audiences, were both shown subpar films, which down the line, these movies were rectified with better editing, full new sequences, a a part of what they originally wanted. But when the movies were released, if you were going and seeing Batman v Superman in the theater, you saw a bad movie. Right. So we understand that. Uh, they they basically said, okay, yeah, so Snyder's movies failed commercially because we got the wrong versions out. There were some vendettas there with the previous management. And fact of the matter is, a first look deal with Netflix was signed and an extension was also signed. So he's not going to be available anytime soon. So we can't even tread down the path of getting Snyder to come back because he's busy well longer than what we have time for. So they didn't even bother making the call because they knew that he, he signed his deal. That's it. So they were trying to figure out what's the best way to appease the Snyder fans without actually having Snyder because he wasn't available. They put Superman in Black Adam, the movie failed, and they kind of realized that the Snyder fans don't want these characters. The Snyder fans want Zack's story finished. He's not available. We have to move on. I can't believe hearing all of this, that they were going to go forward with this billion dollar cast. You know, one of the things that has been brought up multiple times is what a high asking point all of these established stars are. I can't believe that they were still talking about paying that money so far down the line, because now I look at this strategy and by going with James Gunn idea, we're going to get a lot of fresh faces. We're going to get a lot of budgets in the right spaces to make these initial movies feel big because they're not having to spend 10 million extra dollars to get Amy Adams and Ben Affleck and uh, Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, all of those names. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we understand bottom line, uh, the Snyderverse wasn't coming back because Zach was busy. They were trying to give some sort of middle ground and it, every version of that pitch failed just due to the commercial failure of black Adam. And that's why the studio was like, all right, your pitch is a total reboot, but you're going to retool what we currently have coming out to make it work. Okay, let's do this. Um, they were hired. And then now we have the concept of Superman Legacy. Now, mind you, we've been talking about this for a few weeks now. He did tease Superman Legacy with All-Star Superman. We kind of speculated what is and what isn't being incorporated into it. We actually have some information now of what actually is being pulled from that book. Uh, James uh, went to Twitter, said, we talked a lot about Woman of Tomorrow, but these are more of the comics inspiring DC studios and the new DCU in the early days. Uh, They don't mean that we're adapting these comics, but the feel, the look, the tone, those are the touchstones for our team. So he talks about that right off the bat. So absolute swamp thing from, um, I just forgot the guy's name. Good Lord. (laughs) 
it's okay. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. No, no, it's 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 a uh... Grant Morrison. No, it's the guy who wrote. Uh... Good lord, I, I remember it in a moment. Uh... Yes. Alan Moore. <laughs> Alan Moore. Alan Moore. The Alan guy who, Moore. The guy who did like Watchmen and V for Vendetta, all the books that he hates the movies of. Right. Um, so he talked about how that's the the version of Swamp Thing that they're going to try to adapt in and tone and story. The Grant Morrison Batman, the Grant Morrison Superman, The Authority, all of those books, the tone, not the storyline, is being adapted. He goes on to clarify with Superman. I really love the idea of Superman. He is a Kansas farmer who is very idealistic. His biggest weakness is that he will never kill anyone. He doesn't want to hurt a living soul. I like that kind of innate goodness about Superman. James Gunn also confirmed that this will not be an adaptation of All-Star Superman. Instead, he will adapt parts of the comic that balances with the incredible strength and morality of the character that Gunn wants to invoke. Mind you, in All-Star Superman, there were sections of that book where basically Superman could... And they talked about this also in Superman Birthright and other things. Because Superman has his supervision, his super x-ray vision, everything, he can see ultraviolet light. He can see essentially like the light that connects, like the aura of people, the aura of living things. He sees this energy wave that surrounds living things. So when he sees living things die, he sees that aura disappear and it hits him on a deeper level than we do. Um, his whole pacifism, a sense that he's, I'm not going to kill comes from the fact that he sees life differently. And there was also this uh, aspect of also Superman where they talk about how Superman can see the connective tissue between matter and human, and that there's a symbiotic relationship between living the living and the, the metaphysical and the physical, that that's why he is so, I have to protect all of it because it's all connected. They're going into, they're, 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 we always talk about the imagery of Superman being a god, and they are really moving into that and one of the things i'm so excited about is that in that all-star superman the world it feels like the superman world of the 40s you know yeah. fun technology and and rounded things and kind of a 1950s aesthetic while i don't know how that will fit in with the rest of it i love the idea that we're going to get this like jetson's fun world with this omnipotent being who literally is will tell people, you know, you're all connected to each other. They won't believe him. I bet we're going to get a story as well where Superman could finish the movie in the first five minutes. But we have to watch him not kill this super being, this evil villain, for the next two hours. You know right. what I mean? Like this thing, it could all be over. He could just blow their eyes out. But that's not what's going to happen. Right. And so, mind you, so this Superman, we are just said that Superman Legacy is an established Superman for a few years now, but it's still Clark Kent trying to balance the world accepting Superman as being, why doesn't he just kill the guy? And then how Clark Kent is supposed to manage his ideals with fitting into the world around him. And it's it's a lot of a lot like what Zack Snyder was trying to do, but Zack didn't do it overtly. He did a lot of subtext. He did a lot of symbolism. And that is missed on general audiences because some general audience members aren't critical thinkers. There's a reason why the Transformers franchise outpaced financially what Zack Snyder did is because people don't want to think. They don't want to see symbolism. They want to see... They want things... Snyder's old. movies would have been way better if Stanley Tucci had some sort of Bluetooth speaker which transformed in an ad in the middle of the movie and then he goes, you know, oh, listen to Samsung. That's what would have made those movies better, Taylor. Right. But as we go on, um, he did reveal a couple more details. Uh, how old will your new actor be for Batman? Early 30s. He confirmed Batman hasn't been cast yet. And this is also kind of off the coattails that he debunked everything the last few weeks. Um, but then someone also tweeted, but Gunn's words were also a couple years older than Superman. Might not exactly be 30s, but it's in between it. Not more than that. And he responded, yes, people are speculating about both ages. All I've ever said was Superman was younger than in his 40s and Batman might be a couple years older than Superman. So the benchmark that a lot of people had of, oh, Superman's going to be 25. That might not be the case. The realistic age that we're probably going to see is between 25 and 35, closer to the 30 range. And Batman will probably just be a few years older, not 20 years older, not 10 years older, probably within two to five years older than Superman. Batman's going to be 35. Yeah. Superman is going to be 30. 30. But, but I also doesn't... Why did the... 
Batman, I understand why the age mattered, but why does the age matter with Superman? He's always a super being up until he's an old man. But even then, he's still super. Because there was a lot of controversy when Wolfgang Novogratz uh, came about on the name came about and everyone was like, oh, this kid's too young. The kid is 25, 26. And the problem with actors, most actors who are in the 25, 26 range is that they, they pass for younger because they look younger still. So the controversy was that, oh, Superman shouldn't be 25 because that's too young. But the reality is, I would if, be fine if ever if they if 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 human beings were like you're way too young. He's like I'm 25. They're like you look like a baby. Like that's fine. Write that into your movie script. Like people don't take uh, Superman seriously because he looks like a baby. And and, and to me, it's, it's like the same thing that we get with all the like the Spider Man movies where uh, Tobey Maguire was in his 30s playing a 17 year old, and in the second movie they're like, oh, he's just a kid. I'm like, no, he's like 35, guys. <laughs> he's so crazy old. He's so old in that movie. He's not even young anymore, like Cider House rules. He's like almost an old man in those movies. Yeah. But is what it is. But the reality is that people didn't want um a young looking Superman. They wanted Superman that was uh at a at a right Superman age. And what we're probably gonna get is something kind of like what we had with Brandon Routh at Superman Returns, where the actor was in his early 30s and he does look young, but he also doesn't look like a teenager. So that's right. what we're probably gonna probably gonna see and they can also explain it away like they do with everything like superman because he is kryptonian the the yellow sun makes him age slower by the time he's 100 100 you could cast a 20 year old and tell me oh he's 40 year old superman's been here for 40 years but the sun stops his aging in fact we're kind of unsure of what his age is because of his like that's fine to me and that's, we're probably going to get someone in the 25 to 30 range and they'll be like, Superman's 35 now. And they'll be like, what? I'm like, the sun slows his aging. That's what it is. And they'll be like, oh, you're just a child. He's like, I graduated high school 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh, huh. 100%. 100%. They, they could easily do that. Um, But the reality is that no matter what they do, what they say, the fans are just getting pissed. And we understand that multiple pitches were made, multiple projects were being simultaneously developed black adam failing was kind of the nail in the coffin for their pitch and in the last in the recent years what projects were actually successful for dc like wonder woman 1984 made less at the box office than the suicide squad did but the suicide squad and wonder woman 84 both suffered financially because of the the day one digital hbo max project the difference is Suicide Squad had a much, much bigger at-home take for uh, viewership, and Peacemaker had a tremendous viewership as well. So they knew those projects were successful. And it's crazy that the, the, the projects that DC that have been successful, you know, when we're looking at it through that lens, are the adult projects. You know, that Swamp Thing show was very popular, and it was crazy that as that show was gaining momentum, they canceled it. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was announced that they weren't getting a season two very shortly. Yep. And if that show would have had announced a season two, I guarantee you more people would have gone and watched it. They would have and been that, like, I got to watch the show. And that issue was its own issue because that project died. And they told everyone, oh, it was financially issues. It was uh, there, were, there were tax credits we were hoping to get, but it didn't happen. So episodes became more expensive, blah, blah, blah. But the reality was that uh, they had paid half a billion dollars to get Bad Robot and J.J. Abrams to make all these projects. And the first project they commissioned him to make was Justice League Dark. And he needed Constantine. He needed Swamp Thing. And they said, okay, we're just not going to share these characters. We're not going to confuse audiences with the multiverse. Let's just cancel this show. We'll take Constantine out of Legends of Tomorrow. And then we will give you these characters. And then every pitch he made, what he was going to do, they kept saying, no, we don't like it. No, we don't Taylor, like it. Taylor, tell me the truth. Is Keanu Reeves talking to J.J. Abrams? Are they? No, no. J.J. Abrams is actually producing uh, Constantine 2 because wow. he secured the licensing to do this project for Just Like Dark. It didn't happen. But then the Keanu Reeves project came back in and he's like, I'm I'm all for helping pay for this thing. Let's do it. So we know that um, Akiva Goldsman and a few of those uh, these people that were initially attached to the first one are all coming back and J.J. Abrams helped producing and helped putting the bill. So that project is still very much alive, but it's not the project that he was hired to do and it's not the project he had envisioned to do. 
You know, it's funny, as we have this conversation, it puts that list of movies, you know, when James Gunn said, this is our, our roadmap, it really puts that in perspective that really a lot of this was already in the works and that the real big additions are that Wonder Woman TV show and the fact that the entire Bat family is coming. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, besides uh, the other James Gunn projects, right? But it sounds like some of this stuff was already, I mean, maybe the Elite is the one that wasn't in there yet or whatever that group is. The Authority. Yeah. The authority, thank you. But that everything else sounds like it was happening in some way or another. And it's crazy to hear how much of the the Elseworld stories we're still going to get. Yeah, because we're still getting a lot of Elseworlds. We're getting the the Black Superman story. We're getting the Joker two. We're getting the Batman franchise. It's still going to it's going to be firmly be Elseworlds. I'm so excited to have um, a JJ Abram project. And I'm excited to see his view of Superman, regardless of Superman being black, which will have a wonderful, rich subtext to all of the Superman story when put through that lens. But I'm just excited to see I'm trying to just J.J. Abrams eye on something like that. I mean, have, have we gotten anything superhero related out of him? Uh, he's tried a long for a long time. Um, he wrote Superman Flyby which was a project that was uh, pitched and eventually they went with um, Superman Returns, Man of Steel, stuff like that. Like they all, it was supposed to be a thing. But um, aside from all of this, aside from all these projects, we do also have some new developments from the gun side of things. Yeah. Um, so James Gunn uh, on Instagram, uh, IGN tweeted uh, this list of which character should join the next, join James Gunn's DCU next. IGN readers have spoken, and here's a list of 10 characters. Uh, Nightwing, Martian Manhunter, Lobo, Brainiac, Deathstroke, Jason Todd, Zatanna, Court of Owls, Mr. Freeze, and John Constantine. He responded, will 5 out of 10 do? That list is so crazy, Taylor. Like, the, the fact that 5 of those are approved is amazing. Let's. Who do you think is not going to make it? I feel like Zatanna like is not going to make it. Not yet. I don't think Jason Todd will be yet. Don't think Zatanna will be yet. I don't think Brainiac will be yet. Uh, and no Mr. Freeze. No Mr. Freeze yet. And I don't think Constantine will be be yet. I think that's coming later on. But uh, I 100%, and this is why I'm saying I 100% see Nightwing being uh, one of the list. Another tweet came about. Bleeding Cool said the same thing. We have eight heroes that we hope should see in live action. We got Roy Harper, uh, Red Arrow slash Arsenal slash Speedy, uh, Green Arrow sidekick. We got Vixen. We got Black Canary. We got Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern. We got Nightwing again. We got John Kent, Superman, Static Shock, and uh, Batgirl. And this was the the Batgirl that a lot of people... Um, this was the Batgirl that actually was in the comics when you and I were like heavy reading comics. Cassandra Kane Batgirl, the the one that was trained uh, to be an assassin. Her costume was all black. It had the yellow outline that symboled the yellow belt, and that's about it. Uh, the eyes that were blacked sure, out. That sure sounds like a perfect uh, Batgirl to go up against a boy with a sword. Right. Um, and then he says this, well, four out of eight do here. <laughs> right? So the only commonality between these two lists is Nightwing. But he did also tweet separately that Cassandra Kane was his favorite Batgirl, but he loves Babs too, and he hopes to have places for both of them in the future. Yes. So I'm 100% cool with that. Um, I'm sure that James Gunn, being the comic nerd that he is, was not a fan of the Birds of Prey version of Cassandra Kane because I don't think anyone liked that version of Cassandra Kane because it was stupid. Yeah. Um, and then another tweet came about where he said, I see a lot of sites putting their characters I'd like to see. 10 legendary characters who should join. James responded, I have to quit saying how many people are going to, uh, how many people are, I uh, can't say how many as people are going to start cross-referencing and figuring out who is who. But you know, you'll see some of these characters and a couple of them are very important very early on. Probably not who you would expect. So. Um, Martian Manhunter's got to be showing up, right? There's no way you hide that guy anymore. He's got that alien man. I mean, he's not a man. That alien's got to get here, Taylor. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I hundred percent see that being a thing. That, um, like, so, mind you. So, in the list that he said, I'm not doing. Also, the eight characters that he said he was doing. Um, the other list from Collider, the ten characters that they said, and he's like, I'm not going to respond. These were the ten characters that they listed at. Uh, Martian Manhunter, Green Arrow, Black Canary, Hot Girl, 
the question etrigan the demon booster gold we already know booster gold tapping so i don't know why they even included him on the list um plastic man red tornado and dead man that was their list yeah i feel like some of those names are kind of already confirmed yeah we already know booster gold is happening yeah if we have swamp thing we know that they're going down that path of monsters so we're probably going to see dead man and um, I feel like Etragon is Etragon 100% is such a good fit with Constantine because Constantine they're going to do they're going to go Doctor Strange with them and to have a Hulk guy there would be really fun on film especially because Etragon is such a fun character because you have uh Jason Blood who was a knight of the round table uh Morgan Le Fay bound the soul of the demon Etragon to him cursed him with immortality and then he's just kind of stuck with this uh, duality uh, Hulk side of him and just like we were talking about ages of characters, you can basically cast any actor. You could even have uh 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 who played Dr. Fate? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan could come back and be the human version because the Jason CG Blood. version is gonna be the monster. Now, I don't think they'll do that. I think they will go with someone younger, but as no, a I character, think, I think that the only correct answer for Jason Blood is Michael Fassbender. I think that's oh. the only correct answer. It's but, so good. Yeah, the fast um, better would be great. It'd be so good. But I loved, I always loved Etrigan because he's this big hulking demon. He's got like, um, he looks like, he essentially looks like the abomination from the Hulk, but yellow with horns. He breathes fire, but he talks in rhyming and riddles. And it's the funniest thing about him. Um, I just, I love every time he talks, it has to be like backwards. But we, we another character that was craft reference on multiple lists, Black Canary. Uh, we do know that Green Arrow and Black Canary were characters that he does definitely like, so I would 100% expect to see both of them. And I feel like we're talking about all these side characters. We have to get Green Arrow before we get anybody in the Green Arrow family, okay? Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't let's not talk about the, the fun sidekicks and B characters here. We got to get Papas before we get their kids in yeah. here. Um, and then Martian Manhunter was the first one, and then Martian Manhunter has also been on a lot of these lists, and I would definitely like to see um, Martian Manhunter for more than two seconds of a cameo. Because I, I feel like he's a really great sounding board for Superman to give another alien opinion on something who also understands the universe in a different way. Yeah. But you also get like the, the side of Martian Manhunter was an adult when his planet was taken from him. He uh, survived a genocide. He lost his wife, his kids, and he's also green and has this whole like the mystique angle from X-Men where like, I want to hide who I am because the world won't accept me as the way I really look. Right. So you have a lot of different angles you could play this character in a very fun way. Um, we do know that in the, the Zack Snyder movies, General Swanwick was secretly the Martian Manhunter the whole time. And you had these little subtle nods to it, like in Man of Steel, when Superman comes up and snaps the, the handcuffs and is like talking tough to everyone, everyone in the room is backing up and scared, except for General Swanwick. He's stand, standing firm because in reality... He was the Martian Manhunter. Superman breaks through the glass. He could be like, "Bam!" Be like, and we're talking no. about and uh, because casting always gets put up. What if Martian Manhunter never had one actor? What if one episode he's Dakota Fanning? Like you could have so many because the only thing that you know the superhero part is going to be CG anyway. Yeah. Maybe you have one person be that, and I guess you would you will cast somebody for the animated projects. But I would be fine if there was like four people that were technically Martian Manhunter. It would be fun if they treated Martian Manhunter as this like connective tissue with a lot of these projects where you have like these supporting characters, like you said, like in Swamp Thing, this one little girl at the bayou turns out to be Martian Manhunter. Yes. Or, like, or you have like in and like uh the authority where they like this one random bystander who's like seeing them commit atrocities, his eyes glow red and he walks off. Like it's Martian Manhunter's there watching everybody, but in different forms because he's basically seeing how crappy the world is and then you see superman is like maybe i should get inspired and come out yeah there was that great cartoon where lobo attacks the projects and martian manhunter helps uh superman that to me also feels like he finally has found somebody he's like listen i gotta talk to you you're the only guy around here that's sane enough to talk to yeah um so you can have a lot of fun with that but um aside from all of that we also had some other little fun little tidbits from gun over the, the last weekend um, I'm cautiously optimistic only because we keep hearing big studios and interests like and interests like to meddle in favor of spectacle and catching up with the MCU. To them, I would say let James Gunn run his race, and he will 
surpass the competition at a pace that will bring all fans to him. He responded, Peter and I are the studio. There's no one to meddle. And we've said this multiple times, that the reality is that the DCEU failed because there was too many cooks in the kitchen. There were too many hands in the pot, too many people trying to drag it one way or the other. We understood that Tim Burton was ousted from his Batman movies because his Batman Returns wasn't good enough to sell toys. Um, we understood that projects like Superman Flyby or even Tim Burton's Superman Lives project died because the marketing side wanted, how do we market this for toys? How do we market this for clothes? It was like a corporation trying to dissect the product place where they could add into it. Now, James Gunn and Peter Safran are the only people in charge, the only people that have a say and no one can bother them. They will bring in who they want to bring in. And if anyone gets too uppity for them, they oust them. Because they're that uh, Nightmare for Christmas became such a thing and has sold so much merchandise, so much merchandise for that for that whole thing. I think people just thought that that's what he was. But like most of his designs aren't a thing for mass consumption. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We like Edward Scissorhands, but there is an Edward Scissorhand plushies and McDonald's toys. You know what I mean? It's its own thing. Um, and then, um, aside from that, there were a couple more slides I wanted to bring up. Will we get any major casting announcements in the next six months? Yes. Yes. So of course. Realistically, that means kind of like the benchmark we set by Comic Con, we'll probably see some casting. I wouldn't be surprised, Taylor, if at Comic Con they bring out the cast of Superman and go, "Oh, guess what." From San Diego Comic-Con, they're going to X City in Atlanta to start shooting this movie tomorrow. Right. And then lastly, does Wonder Woman have a future in your plans? Is she going to be abandoned for a long time? Yes, no. So does Wonder Woman have a future in your plans? Yes. And we know that with Paradise Lost, that Wonder Woman's backstory is getting revamped. And is she going to be abandoned for a long time? No. So we know that he's probably going to use her in this phase one. Um, I've said it before that... I do still feel like a total reboot is probably something that's going to happen in a certain capacity because with the rumors of the changes to the end of the flash, it sounds like the flash project can still continue, but it will be telling its own multiversal story separately while they could introduce their own flash for this movie. So they could have the flash continuing down his path to find his way home, kind of quantum leap slash sliders wise going to find his way back. And that could be a connective tissue leading into chapter two of DC, where you have, in chapter one, you have gods and monsters, and on the sideline, you have Flash traveling through the multiverse, and then chapter two opens with Crisis on Two Earths with some one cast, another cast, things like that. And question, as Ezra Miller runs into the distance and the new Flash comes in, is it? do you think we get the new actor? We see the new kid, we see whoever our universe's Flash will be? Not in this movie, no. Um, last that I heard was that this movie was going to end not with with Ezra Flash being on the steps of the courthouse with Supergirl flying down, Batman showing up, like the, the scenes that we saw, that that's not happening. But we know that, I mean, the big rumor right now is that the movie ends with him going back into the Speed Force trying to find his way home and thinking he found his way home, popping out, and now he's in another world that's not his world. And it's kind of like this fun little like, oh, he's Hasn't found his way home yet. So one, the next leap may be the leap that takes him home kind of a thing. Which is such a fun spot. And I hope it, it, if that movie does well, we will get more of it. We yeah. will see the puddle jumping and maybe, you know, all of these, you know, where does Nicolas Cage Superman fit into all of this? In an Ezra Miller B dimension for sure. And 100%. we Nicolas Cage punch it we see a giant spider break into two and he hits his knee and he's like who are you and he goes i'm superman like you know what i mean it's like yeah well, i'll watch that movie that sounds great i'm just reading i i popped into twitter for two seconds to see what That's, the hell's happening it's a trap taylor you can't go to twitter no no it, it's it's interesting because um there was a youtuber john campia um, who mentioned that grant gustin probably will end up being the new dcu flash which makes zero sense. Um, but he also admitted in the same conversation, it's going to be a new flash for the DC universe. So he kind of contradicted himself in that same one. But the idea was that um, he said that at the end of the film, Ezra Miller was going to go into the speed force and Grant Gustin was going to pop out. I've heard rumblings that Grant Gustin has a cameo, but it's not 
not nothing like that. And that cameo was filmed long before they then before Grant Gustin ended the Flash and is done with that character. Was he the TV Flash? Or was that he's the TV Flash? Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, there was something that I, I did want to bring up because it was something that was very important. Um, I'm just going to pull up some of my 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 saved tweets because it was it was very interesting stuff. Um, but uh, with all of this stuff, we know that this new universe is definitely kind of happening in its own way. Um, one big thing that kind of one big new rumble that happened was uh, big screen leaks, viewer anon, and a few other of these notable accounts that do actually have uh, ties to press screenings and whatnot. Um, they all basically said that Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is a dumpster fire. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh boy! Oh boy! The most recent one was that um, big screen leaks uh, talked about how um, during some of the takes, uh, people actually walked out of the theater just not wanting to finish it. They're like, "No, that's bad." And you know what? It's so funny that we're hearing this now, not in 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 regards to the to the DC movies, but that you know, on the heels of. We just saw the media machine put a lot of really big press around the new Ant-Man movie, and it's also not doing well. Now, I didn't hear the same things about that, but that's not good because even Black Adam, I really enjoyed that movie. I understand why it got bad press, but to hear something like that, it's like, oh, that kills so many plans if that turns out to actually be yeah. the dumpster fire they think it is. So uh, here's the the thread because viewer Anon uh, went on – um, the, went on to Twitter a couple of days back and talked about this uh, this project. Um, let me just pull up their exact. Oh my god, this is a uh, ridiculous. <laughs> um, sorry, I, I got a picture of a uh, Modoc from the movie, the actual finished movie, and I don't know how Marvel keeps putting out. First off, you can't just say that casually, okay? Peep, that's a huge spoiler, Taylor. Okay, no, Modoc is in the trailer. Like we know Modox in the movie. I know, but not the not that part. I also saw that part, and I also can't believe that that is the final. I can't believe that that's the image they went with for what Modoc is. That's crazy. Like I get it that you're trying to make it so that the actor is still recognizable, but you could have definitely just kept his voice and made him look like Modoc. You should have just made him look like Modoc. You should yeah. he should be a CG thing all the way around and not whatever that is. All right, let me find the initial tweet where he basically said, um. Because he goes on this big, this big uh, rant about how um, the gap between critics and general audiences widened because someone was like saying, "Oh, Ant-Man and Quantumania is going to be successful because people are loving it; the critics hate it." And then he responded with, uh, "But Justice League had a 39% for critics and 68% for audiences. That movie failed. Same thing with Black Adam: 39% critics, 88% audiences. Movie still failed." Um, but he basically um, he tweeted. Um, Pretty, pretty damning stuff about Aquaman. Oof. And now, I have a question: Aren't it, it, is is he breaking an NDA? Like, how do these? Don't you get in trouble for saying stuff like no, this? No. So he he didn't say anything about the movie. That's the thing is that you don't say details of the movie. You can't be like, oh, I saw a press screening. This character was in it. This character was in it. He just brought up the fact that people are not liking it. The press, the the screenings aren't going very well. Um, and then big screen leaks piggybacks on this and says. There's been a lot of reason I've been avoiding any questions about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, but since viewer Anon put it out there, it brings me no joy to back him up and tell you that the test screenings for this film have not been good. Really hoping that Juan fixes this movie before December. And then he continues, I heard something that almost never happens in test screening happened with this movie, and they're really going to need to fix this one and fix it fast. And again, just being purposely vague, um, this is uh, a viewer Anon actually responded to him saying, this is one thing, one of the bad things about being a scooper. I don't want to shit on movies, but at a certain point when people know that there's been a lot of test screenings, our silence becomes pretty telling. I like Juan. I know he's had a rough time with this one and I hope it works out. Um, and then they kind of talk about like what's going to happen roughly. Um, oh, so uh he answered a question six months ago saying, uh, I've heard mostly positive things. But then someone said, but what happened in the last six months to change it from mostly positive to what is this now? And he says, I have no clue. I've heard mixed to positive, but then 
Last week, I heard nothing but bad things, and people actually walked out of the test screening. That's a so, free movie. People walked out of a free movie. People were said, "Come see this free movie," and people were like, "This is this is not for me." Yeah. So it's. What do you think it is, Taylor? Do you think it's the? Do you think it's that this movie has now been edited to hell to get even less Amber Heard in the movie? Do you think ironically, this- ironically, Amber's not even really in the movie to begin with. Um, so when someone asked, like, is it because of Amber? Is it her controversy? And they said every single cut of this movie, she's not really in it. Because the whole journey is between it's like kind of like how the first movie was a it's like a, a buddy journey between Aquaman and Mara. This movie starts with Black uh, Black Manta attacking Atlantis or whatever, doing a bunch of crap, Mara getting injured and then being out of commission, and he has to go find his he has to go take his brother out of the desert prison they put him in, because that was actually his brother's put in a desert prison because if he's away from water, he has no power, kind of a thing. So they they basically lock him in like the Sahara essentially. And they, he goes and gets him, and they go on this like buddy journey with with Aquaman and Orm to go find the Lost Kingdom to stop Black Manta from doing all his crap. And um, a lot of people just are not resonating with it. So it's, it's uh, kind of sucks. I, and, and and if this is true, these elseworld stories, it's over then. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it means that like oh okay. Or maybe, I mean, maybe they re-edited it. I don't know, but like... Hopefully in the next six months they make it work. I mean, not even six months. It's like the next ten months, because the movie comes out in December. They got ten months to fix this thing. And I know, and you know, that this movie is all under the last regime. But if this movie fails, the the view of it is going to be like, oh, James Gunn already is messing up. He's already yep. he's already doing a bad job. And it's like, this has nothing to do with him. He is inheriting this movie and what it is. Same thing with... Uh, with Black Adam, like Black Adam came out, the film was firmly made during the entirety of the last regime, and the only thing that was really changed about this movie was that they cut out backstory for the JSA, and they cut out some other character development stuff that would have made the movie rated R. But they they added a two minute scene at the end with Superman. That was the only thing that was really changed from the old regime to the Deluca and Abdi to everything currently happening and but we know that the flash is getting these major major cuts the whole the whole ending of the movie like the 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 ending moments are being changed um it's no longer setting up a crisis it's no longer setting up this new universe it's doing something different so we know that there's some changes there um we do know um, and this is something that someone brought up on on the on the the socials was that somebody had brought up the attention that uh a few months ago uh Andy Machete was teasing this alleyway scene, and he had this like, oh, pick, doing new scenes. And the new, the alleyway scene was the same alleyway scene that has Ben Affleck's Batman saying, "You could break the universe." That scene was obviously changed. A lot of people realized, oh, that's different now. Why is that different? Um, turns out, it was to change the motivation of the film. Right in the original cut, I was told from a few people that the the whole conversation between him and Ben were. Uh, ben basically says, if I had your powers, there's nothing on, on this earth that could stop me from saving my parents. And he kind of caused the ripple effect. And this new one, it's him saying, but you could destroy the universe if you abuse that power. So they, they changed Ben from being the catalyst to the voice of reason, which I think is pretty fantastic. Um, but um, that has just been a lot of stuff that's been happening. It's so much stuff. And I think that you breaking down the timeline timeline like this is very important. I think it shows kind of where their thoughts were at. And it also shows their thoughts going forward. Listen, if you like any of these actors as these characters, you got to go see these movies. Because I think box office numbers is going to dictate a lot of where we see a lot of these legacy projects going. So one thing that I do want to bring up right now before we, before we wrap it up, because... Um, last week was the whole um, Cell Snyder versus Netflix movement. It didn't really go successfully, I think. I mean, a lot of people, they're like, oh, 200,000 tweets. We're doing it. We're doing it. But then you had um, Jay Oliva, the the constant collaborator with Zack Snyder, coming onto Twitter and basically saying, hey, this isn't happening for a myriad of reasons. It has more likelihood of continuing an animated form, which I believe the Snyderverse should end its story in some sort of an animated conclusion because realistically 
to spend 200, 300 million dollars on a project to finish out this universe isn't practical for Netflix at all because Netflix needs merchandising to recoup costs and they don't have it. So licensing fees, uh, we know that with Superman and Lois on the CW, the the they essentially pay two, two and a half million dollars per episode in licensing fees just to get Superman. Um, each season kind of roughs between 30 and 40 million in licensing fees. So to make Superman for the movie, you would need to have that kind of budget, like a $30 million budget just for Superman. And that's 30 million for Superman, 30 to 40 for Batman, 30 to 40 for Wonder Woman, et cetera. Like the numbers just keep piling on. And that's including the Green Lantern Corps, the Green Lan the uh, Martian Manhunter, the the Flash, the every character that they want to do Deadshot, they want to do uh, more Joker, more Riddler, more stuff like that. They wanted to have all this stuff for the story. Um, you're looking at about 150 to 200 million just in licensing fees, and then 200 million to 300 million just to complete the movie because you have to pay for all these Oscar winning actors. Jay said flat out, it's not practical for anyone. Why don't they just pursue an animated aspect? Because that's that's a little bit more realistic, and it definitely is. Um, so that's my two cents on it. The sell the Snyderverse to Netflix isn't practical on any aspect solely because of how much money it would require. And Netflix doesn't make money like that. So it's really hard because they're even cutting down big budgeted projects because they can't afford to do projects like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean, there's been a wave of cancellations of lots of different shows that have all huge been announced. Waves. And even just even just I think earlier today or yesterday, they said Mindhunter season three is not happening because it was too expensive to make and not enough people are watching it. Mm. So that sucks. But uh, Mark Hughes of, of uh, Forbes and a big proprietor of the big, big notoriously known as a, an actual trade writer who definitely loves um, the Snyderverse. He actually went on to Twitter a few hours ago and said, uh, Gunn was hired to write Superman Legacy prior to taking over as co-CEO of DC Studios. Fact. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery was, wasn't bringing Cavill back. We all know this. We know Johnson went over Hamada's head to get Cavill in Black Adam. And W Warner Brothers Discovery approved Cavill announcing his return for Black Adam while negotiating for more for his return to do more. So these are all the facts. When Gunn and Saffron took over, they kept Superman Legacy in develop and chose not to rehire Cavill or develop super projects or future projects with him in the role. Because Black Adam was a failure and there was no financial reason to continue. No contract was in place for Cavill, and there was and there were split feelings at Warner Brothers regarding bringing him back. That's why Johnson had to force it. We know that Cavill was didn't have a contract. We know that he wasn't already on the table of coming back. Hamada was not bringing him back. And we know that he went around the people in charge to get him to come back. And they agreed to put him back in with no contract place. Nobody lied to Cavill. He was... He was in the negotiations and he knows that there were different feelings about it because that's why he was taking negotiations and pressure to get him and pressure to get him to even do the cameo for Black Adam. He felt confident that after Black Adam that Warner Brothers would bring him back, but he also knew it wasn't certain. Meanwhile, Gunn had already been hired earlier in the year to write Superman Legacy and it remained in development while negotiations with Cavill didn't. It's that simple. Nobody lied. Nobody fired Cavill. Fans were upset without turning. Uh, fans can be accept and fans can be upset about this without turning it into some evil conspiracy after evil conspiracy. It doesn't matter how you feel about Cavill or Gun or the DCU. Feel whatever you want. Nobody can tell you otherwise. But if you claim that they lied, he was hired, he was fired. This is immoral. They cheated. Then you are spreading false claims and accusations. I'll add this. I'll add that for myself. I'm a huge fan of both Snyder and Gunn's work. I feel that they're more similar as filmmakers than feel, than folks realize. 100% agree there. Bottom line, I have love. I have loved to see more Cavill Superman, but I accept that it's over and we got a lot already. Now I'm eager for Gunn's take. So that was his his two cents on it, and he was just spinning all the facts out there. Same thing that we've been saying. Cavill never had a contract, and the contract for him coming back. They were trying to use his appearance in Black Adam and the success of Black Adam to be a bargaining chip to get 
more Superman, more Cavill, more Snyderverse-esque stories. Black Adam failed. Every project that they had pitched, Hawkman spinoff, Dr. Fate prequel, JSA spinoffs, Black Adam 2, all of that stuff died the moment that this movie did not cut break even. Well, I think that this is a good spot to put a bookmark in it because who knows what Twitter has awaiting for us for today, Taylor. And all of this will develop more. But I think it is interesting that we have got some clarification. And I hope that this puts, I hope some people put their pitchforks out. I hope you put your pitchforks back in your barns, put put some water on those fires, go have dinner, drink some water and calm down. Because there's a lot of great stuff on the horizon. And uh, I think if we burn this stuff down before it even shows up, it's going to be a world of hurt for everybody. Definitely is. It, it's, you know, it's really hard to like, I mean, it, like I've said before, it's it's not hard to be mad. It's not hard to be upset that Cavill is, is done, especially after such an exciting moment where we had this new picture of him. We had this, this new scene with him and i just keep thinking that the days leading up to it everyone's saying but he's not in the black suit he's not in this suit he's got the john williams theme he's, he's not this the thing it's it's a it's a disservice it's a it's a problem and all these things and i i'd like to say that it's the fans fault for not showing up and and the part of me wants to say that look the, the people who to blame are the fans because they didn't show up or they, they boycotted, they tweeted, they blah, blah, blah. Like it's really, it's really easy to point that finger. And, and I know that I've gotten my share of hate from the fans because I, I have been a fan of all these movies. I see all these movies in theaters. I, I love these things. And I even got someone pissy at me on Twitter saying, you're the same guy who keeps saying that because I've spoken with, with Zack Snyder, that I have some authority over how other people who haven't spoken to like all that bullshit. And the reality is, the, the problem with these movies has never been the fault of the fans. The fans do like it. They don't like it, whatever. The fans tweeted 200,000 times to sell the Snyderverse to Netflix. If that is the group of fans that made Black Adam fail, then that's a very small number. But what we do know is that the critics didn't like it and the general audiences didn't show up for it. The reality is that you can blame the fans, you can blame the Snyder fans, you can blame the Snyder cult, or whatever you want to say it, but they're not big enough to make a movie successful or a failure. No group of fans are. What makes a movie successful is appealing to a wide audience and appealing to a general audience. There's a reason why, out of all the Star Wars movies, all of them, the force awakens had the biggest box office take because it appealed to general audiences. So at the end of the day, we don't have to take the blame for it. The fans don't have to say, Oh, it's our fault. We're getting a reboot business is business. But the reality is that DC wants to succeed. Warner brothers wants them to succeed. And the way that they succeed is not appeasing a niche group. It's to appease everybody. And you can't appease everybody by giving sequels to projects that everybody didn't love. You make money by appeasing the general audience. If the general audience is mad that Zack Snyder had Superman kill, you can't have Superman kill in the next reiteration. Because even if they don't understand the scene, even if they don't understand why that's important three movies down, they got mad the first time. So you have to make that different right off the bat. You can incorporate every lesson that Zach was trying to teach you. You can incorporate every symbolism, every characterization. You can incorporate all of that because James is saying all the stuff that Zach was doing. The difference is he's not going to controversially piss off general audiences with one, with one scene. He's going to try to avoid that scene. He's going to tell the same story, but he's going to avoid that one thing that made people say, that's not my Superman. So that is the trick. Well, and I'm ready for a new Superman. And I'm ready for the Superman to be our Superman. I am too. I mean, every at the end of the day, the Flash movie is going to give us one thing. And that one thing is, here is the multiverse. Everything is canon. If you like Christopher Reeve as Superman, 
he exists in the multiverse. If you it's like canon. Brandon Routh as Superman, he exists in that universe. Yep. Everything is canon. So you don't have to say, oh, Ben Affleck is the best Batman of all time. You can say he's my favorite Batman of all time because every Batman is canon. Because the multiverse works that way. You hear that, Smallville boys? That podcast of yours is doing some things. Uh, might be time to get some uh, get some capes on you boys. I I love so much. I, I honestly, I think Michael Michael Rosenbaum is going to have a, an appearance at some point in the DCU. Okay, well, listen, listen. That's a conversation for another day. So let's put this conversation to bed, Taylor. Where can they follow us? What can they do if they like this cultured nerd? How can they bring us more cultured nerd? All right. Well, as you all know, we have a handful of shows on Mondays. We have TCN Rundown, which is a quick, short episode. Uh, this week, we had uh, Jay Stu talk about some of the developments over at Marvel, as well as some other fun little details. Uh, tomorrow, we have Through the Monocle. This show is our movie and retrospective review show. Uh, tomorrow, they're going to be doing another live show with y'all, and this show is going to be talking about cowboys and aliens. They're, they're going to round out their month with uh, sci-fi films. They have Star Wars, Starship Troopers, John, uh, John Carter. And tomorrow, they're going to do uh, Cowboys versus Aliens, Ironically, uh, their goal was to go through some big critical movies, big critically accepted movies, widely accepted movies, and then one, what they called a stinker of a movie. And they said, oh, Cowboys and Aliens should be the stinker because we've never seen it and it seems silly. I told them very quickly, that movie's actually amazing. The dumbest thing about that whole movie is the title. So enjoy that movie. And they're going to they're gonna tell you what they think about it, which is going to be a lot of fun. On Thursdays, we have The Cultured Gamer with Jason and he may or may not have his co-host ready for this one. If he doesn't, then maybe I'll join him or maybe someone else will join him. We'll see what happens, but he's going to be talking a lot about the PlayStation direct happening later this week and PlayStation VR two and all the fun stuff. Uh, Suicide squad kill the just league is getting a big presentation from PlayStation later this week. So he's going to be covering that. And on Friday, the cultured pull list, the comic boys are going to be starting the first eight issues of all-star Superman. And just like they did last, the last two weeks with their recap and review of Woman of Tomorrow, Supergirl story, they're going to be doing it for All-Star Superman. So for those of you who have not read it, check out that show and see what James Gunn is cooking with the, re the review of that show. But if you love us and you want to keep us, keep us going, you want to help us keep the lights on, head over to patreon.com slash theculturenerd. Every one of these shows have their own sub tier and every one of these shows has... Uh, the ability to support them individually, or you can support us as a network as well. Big thank you to those of you who do support us. I have been your host, Taylor Murphy, my co-host, Michael Centel, our wave of Patreon supporters. Our logo was created by Jose Navarro. You can check him out over on social medias there. And that fun intro was made by myself and Jay Stu of TCN Rundown. But those of you at home, thank you for joining us. Scan that QR code. And we will see you personally next week, but we hope to see you throughout this week on the other shows. So have yourself a great night, and we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody. See you soon.